We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. to episode 57 of We're Not Dead, the official community podcast for We're Live. I'm your host, Butt Sex McGee, and with me, I have Nick Voodoo again. Hey, hello, Butt Sex McBritney. Butt Sex McBritney, that's my name. We also have a very special guest with us, and I know all of you will be happy because you don't have to listen to us blabber for the next 40 minutes or so. Turbo! Hey, how's it going? Bandiddly-dastic, how are you doing? I'm doing great, doing great. Awesome. Um, not to take your uh, glory away, Turbo, but I just have to say that Casey and Blair had the most amazing wedding ever. Yeah, um, and you're lucky. You actually got to go. I was there, and uh, it was so quirky, and it was so them. You know, they had, like, J.K. Rowling quotes on, like, the beer mugs, and, you know, they handed out, like, tattoos with, like, the W on it that looks a lot like something from Harry Potter, I guess. I don't know. And now it's still on my hand and it won't come off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just, it was super cute, spunky, just perfect. And Casey was amazing and he cock-teased some real life things to me. But unfortunately, we're both a little intoxicated, so now I don't remember much of them. <laughs> oh, come on. I know, I know. You know, it's, it's true. I was trying to rock my brain, but I was like, I can't remember anything. So it was that good of a party. We, uh, the table we sat at, it had Tony, you know, Tony Robbins, um, Greg Miller, his girlfriend, and then Elisa Peggs and her husband. And it was really nice. Well, cool. Oh, yeah. nice. It was really nice to see everybody. But enough about me, Turbo. Tell us a little about you and your history with We're Live. Uh, well, a good friend of mine, he uh, told me about it. So I decided to download it and check it out. Uh, I've probably listened through maybe. I don't know, 15, 20 times now. Good uh, Lord. <laughs> That's awesome. So, a bunch. So I know quite a bit about it. Um, I don't know, I'm pretty active on the forums. I'm helping out. Uh, I help Casey out with some programming sometimes. And it's a Come lot. Come on, Blue Shirt, admit it. You're, you're a web developer <laughs> yes. for the website. Yes, I am. That's me. Oh, snaps. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I'm your loyal web dev. Yes. God. You are really a guest of honor, aren't you? Oh, thanks. Yarp. Yarp. So have you been listening since the beginning, or do you know when um, you the I, I came in around season two. Whereabouts in season two? Uh, it was towards the end. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Quick question. Favorite character and why? Ooh. Uh, I have to go with Scratch. Ooh, that's a good choice. <laughs> uh, she's so evil, and, and meeting meeting Jenna in person, she's so nice. So, <laughs> just seeing how she acts and how she portrays a character, she can go from uh, lovely and sweet, like when she was talking with Lizzie, to super evil the next second, cutting off the trigger finger. So, yeah, yeah. Once you like you said, once you meet Jenna in person, you're just like no way. You are not the most evil bitch ever in the history of audio drama. She is incredible. Yeah, she's yeah. Like nicest the nicest person. Sweetest, sweetest girl ever. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. All right, so we have quite a bit to talk about in 37.3. So, so I get this is one of those moments when I'm super happy we no longer have to recap the entire episode. Yeah. Because that would have taken forever. Yeah. But you could have performed as CJ in 
her in her ultimate bitchitude. Oh, oh, I think I know how Nick feels. So let's talk about CJ. Uh-huh. <laughs> You'll be wrong. So we have this CJ Saul Victor Snafu. Turbo, what do you think about all of it? Uh, I, I kind of expected it, like just from when she found out that uh, Victor and Saul did lie to her that, you know, something's going to happen. But the whole how it jumped into her being in the control to her wanting them out, mm-hmm. it could really go any way now. So not really sure yet. Okay. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I'm surprised. First of all, I'm so very surprised at the amount of people that were shocked at CJ's reaction. I don't understand how it's a shock. I mean, yes, we are still implying that Sean and CJ had a relationship, but we don't really know it. It's just, he was my friend. Yeah, he's probably more than just a yeah, friend. Yeah. We sort of got that inkling. Bow, chicka, wow, wow. Uh, and we now know that he's dead because of uh, the colonists, which makes this very interesting when you think about it. That, like, This is a very layered situation she's found herself in. It's very complicated, and it's going to get more complicated because she's forcing them to lie about what she's making them do and not tell them that she's kicking them out. I, I don't know. Like I get why she's in super hyper bitch mode. I absolutely get it. And I don't understand why people actually don't get it. I don't understand where the disconnect is. It makes perfect sense. She went because Saul wanted her to go. She attacked scratch because she hurt Saul. Everything leads back to Saul. This is the reason. And the reason why she had no answer for when Victor said, you weren't here for these people. It's because she knows she wants to say, I was here for Saul, but she can't say it. Word. Hmm. Let's jump on. Turbo, did you want to say anything? Uh, no, that was... Uh... <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't cut you off. You know, no. We're not used to having three hands in the pot here, and we're <laughs> not dead. It's been a while. Uh, let's read some theories from the forum. PM Chalk says, CJ is emotionally compromised. Even though I agree with Red Zombie that it would be good for Saul and Victor to be part of a military operation based out of Dunbar as part of a compromise Mikey could make, I just don't see how she's emotionally willing to listen to reason regarding them. Plus, how are they supposed to leave without telling anyone why? And I think that's the main question everyone's asking. Like, how is this going to go down? How are they going to say, oh, hey, we're leaving now because of unknown reasons that we can't disclose or something? Yeah, that part is going to be something that obviously has to be explored. Either we have to understand that they're leaving and that's going to make a bigger rift between Michael and CJ or... Oh, uh, Saul, Victor, why don't you go out on this scavenger mission and never, ever, <laughs> ever come, come back. back? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, when uh, CJ, you know, I knew she was coming in there on a mission. She was not happy. But, you know, when she saw Saul, she sounded immediately concerned, like, what's going on? What's wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And I thought exactly. for, for a minute she would have, like, a sense of, like, reconsideration. Like, okay, maybe now is not the right time to kick him out. But, no, she went full force with that decision of hers. No one was not feeling the wrath of CJ. Malador says, if Michael finds out about it, I don't think Saul will let him act until the baby is born. Saul will ask Michael to play along so that his family can remain in the relative safety of the colony while they secure Dunbar. Let's see, we have one from Hoff4D. CJ maintained that the conversation stay between them, and I think for the most part, it will. They will have to tell those who need to know, Michael, Tanya, and Lizzie. So now the question is, what if Saul and Victor actually do go to Dunbar? Turbo, what do you think? Uh, I, 
de- uh, depending on how how they leave, I guess if they talk to people and they're going out for a scavenger mission, obviously I think Lizzie's going to freak out because she doesn't want Saul to leave her side. Um, I bet I bet some people would go with them, just saying, "Oh, we'll we'll give you a hand," and I don't know. So it's going to let loose on why they have to leave. I think sooner than later. Sooner than later, and then do you think that will expose CJ's true reasoning for coming to the colony in the first place? I think so. I really don't see a reason why Saul and Victor have to keep quiet. Uh, I mean, if they pretty much tell what she wants to do, then, or tell her the whole, or, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... I could see, let's say everything goes how we think it's going to go. Saul and Victor are going to leave. And then the truth is found out amongst those who need to know. And they're like, well, why don't you just say something and expose CJ? And then I could see Victor or Saul being like, well, if we do that, the entire colony is going to, maybe they'll fall apart. Maybe they, I don't know how pussy the colonists are. But let's say, you know, the presumption is that they're all going to fall apart. I could see them being selfless in that aspect. I mean, like, we don't want to ruin, you know, the civilians' lives. Lizzie's here. You know, she's safer here than she would be in Dunbar, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, I... I do have a sort of fundamental problem with the colony, just overall, like the way that they handled like the vote, um, putting someone in charge, like everything they were doing, they they don't learn lessons. Marcus is a lesson that they should have learned. Gatekeeper is a lesson they should have learned. They really should have learned one from the Maulers. They're just going right back to where they were. They don't seem to like grow and expand in their knowledge or the way that they act. It's always like put this person in charge and you know this person is kind of a conniving manipulative person which is sort of interesting that they selected the same person three times gatekeeper marcus and cj it's 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 kind of telling okay Hmm. turbo um i i would think that if let's see Saul and victor if they have to leave to me dunbar sounds like it's a pretty damn secure place compared to the colony Colony's got walls to jump over. Dunbar's pretty much solid concrete by now, wouldn't you think, according to what everyone's done? So I can almost see it being just as safe, if not safer. Do you think uh, the group will split up? You know, you'll have Tanya, Lizzie, Michael, Saul, Victor, everyone else from the old uh, tower heading to Dunbar, and then you'll have the colonists? I, I could see that happening, yes. Nick, what do you think? I think it leaves open way too many. It's too a little too wide open. I think. I think you maybe have the Splinter Group going after Scratch and the Maulers, um, and I think that otherwise, I think it pretty much stays together. I'm not sure that Saul and Victor are leaving, because the more you think about it, what does CJ truly, truly have over C, uh, over Saul and Victor to to make them not say, "Hey, you did this because of X, Y, Z, and not because of these people," like you claimed. I don't see what she has to offer to prevent them from talking. I, I don't think she has much because really all she lost is her leg when really everyone else would have died had she not come there. Hmm. Let's see. We have a theory from Storm. It says, Saul, Vic, Maggie, Tanya, Hope, screw that. All of Fort Irwin needs to go to Dunbar. The colony falls since Ink and his amigos will attack right when the chopper flies towards L.A. It's going to be Irwin version 2.0. I'm just waiting for Skittles to return. The crazy folks Stop. are always important. <laughs> probably turn out to be Hope's father, and him and Dot, who will spend the rest of the season arguing who of them shall play on the, the mother's role. I promise you that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Seems legit. 
So totally. now we have, you know, this snafu going on between Victor, Saul, CJ. We also have another little war brewing with uh, Riley and Bert. So Riley wants to go after Scratch because in her eyes, no one's doing anything. And Bert's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm right there with you. And then that's where that. That's <laughs> I'm sorry, can you do that one more time so I can laugh again? I'm right there with you. No, no, my throat will fall apart if I do that okay, again. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So, Turbo, what do you think uh, what's going to become of uh, Bert and Riley? Uh, it was a very emotional ending. Wasn't uh, it, though? How, how Good the, lord. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> um,. Especially, like, her last line, how she's... Am I allowed to swear in here? Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yes. What do you think if Michael or somebody says, that's not right, or we can't do that now, or some other kind of bullshit excuse? Then, fuck them. I was hoping you'd say something like that. I could see them kind of going off on their own thing, so maybe we'll have three split groups again. Maybe we'll have uh, Riley and Bert, Saul and Victor, and then the rest of the people of the colony preparing to attack. Mm-hmm. So, Rez Zombie has a theory and says, As far as Bert and Riley go, I see them going it alone, and sadly I don't see them coming back. I have a feeling we might lose Bert in the fight and possibly a captured Riley. I don't see Scratch going down by the duo. She has too much vested in the overall series and connections to too many other characters. I see Scratch going down in a battle with several original characters, not just two. I also see her getting at least one, if not two characters killed. I mean, that's a good point. What do you... So now we... It seems like right now, right, like Riley and Bert would be going after Scratch. They are the ones who, like, have the most whatever-whatever against her. But then that also leaves Pegs. What do you think Pegs' role is in this entire thing? Uh, that's a tough question. Um, I could really see her almost wanting to just kind of settle down. I mean, she met someone in uh, Boulder. She pretty much told Michael to fuck off. Yeah, so you um, think she'll kind of separate herself from the whole Scratch thing, even though Scratch wants to, like, blow her brains out? Yeah, Scratch wants to kill her, but Pegs just wants nothing but peace, so... I don't know. Yeah, That's... I like the idea of Pegs having completely moved on from this in this sociopathic insane lady comes up to her and is like, I want to kill you. And she's like, who? What? Who are you? I don't like, I I feel like the pegs part of this is now from the tower point of view. That's complete. Her, the cycle with scratch is over with, um, scratch still has her arc where she wants to get her, but that's not the intersection she's going to get anymore. She's going to get Riley and Bert. She's not going to get pegs. Okay, Chad Zero says, pretty sure Bert and Riley are taking off vigilante style without asking permission, telling anyone. This will give Saul and Victor the chance to follow in pursuit without revealing they've been banished. Osiris says, I think I'm the only person that sees an Empire Strikes Back moment in the future for Riley. The moment she discovers her beloved angel is long lost cousin of her mortal enemy. I can almost hear the John Williams score rising over her cries of, no! Ooh! Ooh! Oh, that's all I got, folks. Got it, bup, 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 bup. Woohoo! Alrighty, let's see. We have one from Hardcore. The more I think about it, the more worried I am that Riley and Bert aren't going to come away from their hunt unscratched. <laughs> as much as I want to hear <laughs> Riley get her hands on Scratch and shove Angel's ring down her throat, I still can't imagine Scratch going down until there's a confrontation between her and Pegs. I'm really getting worried that Riley and Bert's hunt is going to end in disaster, so someone please tell me I'm wrong. 
I think you're wrong. <laughs> Snap. All right. What? Any... I do. Oh. oh, there you go. That's good. Um, any more comments before we kind of talk to, well, I guess we can talk about something, a really, really important topic, uh, Nurse Britt. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, Christ. But don't you- You're hit... dead! I am <laughs> dead, not! Dead, there dead. has been no confrontation. D -E -D. None. None. The nuclear weapon detonating underneath your ass is enough evidence to prove that you were nuclear fallout waste. How do you know I'm not in a bunker somewhere, alive and well? You don't. You've never heard proof. Okay, Cabbage Patch has a theory. Bless you, Cabbage Patch. <sighs> Nurse Britt is hiding out in the live fire TOC on Goat Mountain, way off of the north side of Fort Irwin Reservation. It has air-conditioned buildings, generators, and is kept stocked with fuel and water. I seem to remember a stockpile of frozen buffalo wings when I was last there, along with a supply of bourbon. That was more than 20 years ago, but I'm guessing they're still there and still good. All she has to do is wait for dark and fire up the enormous bat signal, which Michael is sure to see from L.A. I like that theory. People are doing this on purpose. Uh, that's No, that's a legit theory. We don't know the role that Nurse Britt has in this podcast. It has been Sure we do. We know exactly what your role <laughs> shut was. Shut up. Shut up. You don't know that. Go away. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> um, do we... <laughs> we have just a few more future predictions about, you know, the general gist of We're Alive. Do you guys want to touch on any of those last topics about Riley and Bert, Saul and Victor, CJ, before we move on? Um, I mean, it might get brought up again in these future predictions, but for yeah, now, let's, while we're... Let, let's go forward and we'll go back if we need to. Oh, yeah. God, who wants to go backwards? Fail. All right, we have one from SC Bubba. He has some key points. What was that sigh for? You don't want to go backwards and you keep bringing up nurse goddamn hot wing whiskey oh, you know sipping what? You're Brit. just a hater because you are not a part of this amazing podcast that I had a very important role of. Your important role was to miss a vital piece Your of information. Your jealousy smells like poo, Nick. All right. SC <laughs> <laughs> Bubba's key points. Oh, are. we're so fighting. Oh, yeah, we are. I see a key split happening in the, in the immediate future. To Dunbar will go Saul, Victor, Michael, Puck, Carl, Baldoon, and Robbins. Who will stay in the colony? CJ, Pegs, Kelly, Glenn, and colony crew, Bert, and Riley. To be determined, Tanya, Datu, and Hope. Tanya will be torn between Saul, Baby, and the patients of the colony, including CJ. Datu still will want to go with Michael, but will not want Hope to go into danger. Datu will not leave Hope. And the helicopter. No good way to take it back up to LA, but no desire to leave in the colony. It may go, like someone else put it earlier, to LAX. But that may mean leaving it unattended for long stretches of time. Because the helicopter is a self-sufficient piloting mobile device thing. So what about, what about this helicopter, you guys? Tell me about this helicopter. Uh, it's big and has propellers. Turbo. Eventually going to run out of gas. I, I assume they're pretty low, and I doubt they have, uh, can't think of the fuel that Bert said, but or Kalani said, but I'm pretty sure they're low. They said they have a half a tank, so that, and that's a full tank going from Irwin to LA, which is a very decent chunk of distance. Okay. So, going, you know, Colony to LA, that's nothing. So that wouldn't take up too much gas. It is eventually going to run out of gas because, you know, you eventually have to start stripping your heroes of all their toys once you start getting towards the end of the story. And the helicopter is a hell of a toy. So it's going away eventually, but it's going to serve some more purpose still. Okay. Alize? Alize? Alice? I'm sorry. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's, I, I've been trying to figure her name out too. Let's just say Alize or his name. Excuse me. I don't, His or hers. Alize. Isn't like an alcohol or something. 
Anyway. Sure. I have a funky theory about Lizzie. I know her friends are the residents. However, she got very close to Bricks and even, in a manipulative therapist kind of way, was able to get personal with Scratch. Will this affect her loyalties to the residents of the tower? Will it make her less eager to leave the colony to hunt down Scratch? Just a couple thoughts. Turbo, go. You know, yeah, she did get really close to Bricks, but I don't think it was on really a manipulative, manipulative part. Uh, I think she saw him as security to where he was really kind of deep down. A good guy would tell her what's going on. I mean, right off the bra- or right off the start, I mean, he pretty much introduced himself. He's Bricks, and she's like, yeah, I know. So I think she knew he was deep down a sweet guy and could trust him. So... Mm-hmm. What do you think, Nick? Not really sure. Uh, Lizzie, Lizzie and her relationship with the Mauler is maybe helpful in terms of information gathering, but I don't think it's going to serve much beyond that. Okay. Word. Um, Word. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I think, like, you know, you were saying, Turbo, I think Lizzie was just kind of doing it because she, you know, didn't have, well, yeah, maybe she did have to, but, yeah. uh, you know, she really had no problem trying to get Scratch killed. Yeah. So, yeah. We have, that's all I really have for future predictions. The other ones kind of tie back into the things we talked about, but we've already covered all those angles. Um, so before we move on to this fan rant we got on Facebook. Oh, you saw that. I did see that. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Um, there's a couple things from our Facebook page before we get to that other Facebook all page. All right, let's do it. Um, I had asked uh, a couple people because obviously one of the key features of this particular episode was the live omission that uh, Victor and Saul told. So I was asking what uh, was you, the biggest lie you've told. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go exclusively off the Facebook page for this one. Uh, Joey wrote, uh, I told her that uh, those pants did not make her butt look big. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh, for shame. A- Anthony's uh, worst lie, eat this, mom. You won't get the runs, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. which is awful and disgusting mm, and yummy. therefore it's perfect for this podcast um didn't worst lie uh, th- this one i feel is probably a little more make-believe than anything uh willie says as for a worst lie of course i know what i'm doing now cut the red wire oh yeah that, that would not be yeah, good I, I feel as though that one's probably, probably not true wouldn't truthful. be still alive to tell us that tale well if he was telling him over the radio i suppose it'd be okay but, uh, that would not was... be okay. What the fuck is your problem? Good lord. He would be okay. Yeah, but the situation wouldn't be okay. Well, the situation wouldn't be okay. Whatever. But... Whatever, Nick. <laughs> you have no soul. Uh, Yeah, we established that a while ago. And besides, mm-hmm. we're fighting. We can yell at each other all we want. Yeah, it's okay. We're in a rough patch. Totally. We need couples <laughs> counseling. Go get Lizzie. <laughs> okay, fine. Um. So that those are some of the better... Uh, Worst lies. Yeah, that you've if told. you want some, uh, if you want to read more of them, check out our Facebook page. We're not dead, and uh, you can see what rude things people have done in their lives. It's true. So we had a uh, fan rant on Facebook, and essentially, someone said that they thought this was the worst episode in real life history, and then they elaborated thanks to Nick's poking and prodding. They said the plot. <laughs> they said the plot seemed to drag, which I understand is sometimes necessary to a broader plot and character development. So no big deal. The problem was that CJ's behavior made no sense. It was inconsistent within the show for her character, would not be tolerated by any of the other characters, and it was generally illogical. In my humble opinion, this kind of major plot problem is unheard of in the show. The plot, character development, and writing are major strengths of the show, Actors You Rock My World, and are what make it so real and engrossing and consistently good. 
CJ's behavior just seemed to represent a first example of a fundamental plot problem. Still, I love the show, recommend it to everyone, and thank you for making it. We had a few responses to it, which doctor said, I agree somewhat with a Facebook poster. That is, not a critique of the show, but a critique of CJ's behavior. Smoky Zombified said, I do agree that it's a bit of a stretch, but I also feel like the loss of her leg and the trauma suffered from it may be a factor. Mm-hmm. You may also, really? yeah, you may also just be <laughs> no. losing it altogether. Also, if you remember, the colony was pretty much leaderless after Gatekeeper and Bixby were killed, and CJ is the one who, even with an extremely damaged leg, still took the time to organize the colonists. Remember that Victor said to Michael, the colony doesn't forget things very easily. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think, you know, if you look at the, what's happening to CJ, I mean, she was just lied to by this guy she probably is in love with, like a main line. She lost her leg. She's like barely like a thing that's like alive. You, in, of course, she's going to be pissed off. Now she has this power and she's like, be gone. Mm-hmm. And who, who is to say, I mean, she might even like not, I can't see this happening, but if this was like a real world and not maybe like a, you know, a drama, I could see her being like, okay, sorry, I overreacted. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. <laughs> but for story purposes, that probably won't happen. But what do you think, Nick? I know you kind of fired up about this. The only thing I had, to, I'm not even so much fired up. I was more fired up when it was left at the, this is the worst episode in, in show history. It's like, okay, that is the most not helpful critique I've ever seen in my life. Now you have to explain yourself okay. so that we can understand. And that's why I poked and prodded the person because I wanted them right. to say it. Because, you know, everyone wants to hear what the critique is. Right. We want to know. I don't want to just get insulted. and whatever. Get to the point, yeah. Nick. What do you think about it? Point is, <laughs> hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. The end. That's why <laughs> CJ's entire episode makes perfect sense. The end. She got voted into the position through manipulation by the sounds of it. She's the leader now. Now she has the power to do what she wants. And she just found out that her ex-boyfriend got killed by someone that wasn't who she thought was killed by. And it's the same thing that Riley's going through. Yet we empathize with Riley, but we don't empathize with CJ because she's being not truthful to herself. She isn't admitting that this is all because she loves Saul, and that's the huge problem. That's why she can't justify it, and that's why she's exiling them out of the colony. Okay. Uh, good. Turbo, what do you think? Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the episode definitely wasn't one of the worst. I thought it was probably one of the best just for how deep it was. Do you do you think she overreacted or do you think she's justified I, in what she did? I think she's a little drugged up, a little bit in pain, a little bit of hurt. I mean, every one of us have done one of those where we just make a rash decision, mm-hmm. a rash decision and then, uh, you know... Then we regret it. So it might be where they leave and a day later, oh shit, what I do? So Exactly. I mean, I know she's a logical person, but you know, every person has their flaws. And when you're so emotionally invested, and plus, you know, you had your leg cut off, you're not going to be thinking clearly. I mean, I can't imagine anyone would be thinking clearly, not even CJ, no matter how good she is. Yeah. So I there's... Know I know there were other people on the forum that were that were reacting more to the the not realistic recovery time. Well, yeah. Uh, where oh, it's yeah. like one day and she's up and moving on crutches. And it's like, yeah, but you know what? They made points to say, your leg's still oozing. You shouldn't be standing. She even says, I know I shouldn't be standing, but I have to do this. 
you know. And when she was talking, she would do little grunts and grunts. So, you know, she was in pain. It wasn't like she was like, ah, life is good, doing cartwheels yeah, and, and shit. Yeah, and, you know, when it was over, there was, like, a little bit of a swoon, and Max, I think, asked if he could help her. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm positive she shrugged off, because that's just sort of how she does. Yeah. Um, But, you know... You do have to stretch the believability. If you found out, like, who knows exactly what Sean's relationship was with CJ, but if you found out that the person that you loved was killed by someone that you didn't think was that way, mm-hmm. then, you know, I don't know. I just, I just don't buy it. No. Well, no. It, okay. It's all good. We'll see what happens. And I say we just let this one go. Let it be. Alrighty, we have a few, two emails to read. The first one comes from E. Rubio. I do not imagine Saul and Victor being kicked out. Does Lizzie go with them too, or do they all stay? Michael will not allow them to leave. But if they leave, I think they would be a team out there scouting the area for Maulers and Pinstripe Zombie. Bert and Riley will go with them. So again, it kind of plays along the lines of, Lizzie, baby, I have to go because... Uh, there's a scouting mission and Bert and Riley are gone and I need to help them. I just won't be coming back. But you don't know that yet. Hmm. Huh? Yeah? Huh? 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 Okay. Um, our next one comes from Sean. He says, you're 100% correct with your assessment of CJ. She has terrible execution skills. Does she really think that the only doctor in the colony will stick around when she finds out what CJ has done to her son? Or that Michael and the other soldiers will take her side in this? That kind of black and white. You did this and you're kind of mentally is too... Oh, and you're kind of out of mentality. too similar to how the colony was run before. And I don't see it ending well. I'm hoping that Michael, Puck, Robbins, Burt, and the rest of the original cast will say the hell with this place. Sorry, Greg, but Pete can stay behind. And take their equipment, weapons, and vehicles and go stay at Dunbar. That place seems a lot more secure and strategic anyway. Being closer to everything that we'll doubtlessly need to investigate. Whatever happens, it will be a hell of a season. It's true. It is going to be a hell of a season. It is true. It is true. Yeah, and it's crazy if you think we only have one more. This is the last season, and there's a lot of loose ends that are going to be tied up, and it's like, wah! 11 chapters left. That's it. Uh That's crazy shit. So sad. So that's all I have. Um, If you guys have anything else you want to talk about, pipe in. Well, I I, I do have something to pipe in about this week. What's up? Uh, Our dear friend Kevin Flood. Who who is the the long but not forgotten Kalani? Uh, he has a film screening in Orlando, and it's going to be, I believe, on October twentieth. Uh, and if you want more information on it, uh, I promise I would mention this uh, on the podcast for him. It's uh, you can get your information at www.facebook.com/slash/badchickenmovie. All one word: bad is in naughty naughty, chicken is in baka, and becomes hot wings <laughs> movie. Well done, and, Nick. Uh, that was a great explanation. I do what I can. <laughs> yeah, so everyone <laughs> should check this out because Kevin Flood is amazing and awesome and one of the nicest people I've ever met. Absolutely true. Great guy. Very, very nice guy. Uh, so that's it for my pimping, I think. I um, Other than the normal stuff we run down every episode, if you want to do that now, we can do well, that. Well, before we do that, let's ask Mr. Turbo. Do you have anything you want to pimp, promote, talk about? Uh, you know, for people... Uh, that are out there that haven't been on the forums yet, go to the forums. Um, I also love helping people out on there. So, uh, Also, you mentioned one thing from when you were at Casey and Blair's wedding. 
and the little hand stamp on your hand won't come off. Mm-hmm. Remind you of a little, I don't know, what are they called, the little ones? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I never really thought about forearm. that. I know people had them like on their faces. And Oh, speaking of the wedding, every table was uh, named after like a, a location from We Are Live. So I, I don't remember where we were sitting. But they <laughs> was had, like, it really? Yeah, they had like Boulder, they had Dunbar, they had, I think that was what they were. I was oh, that's cool. intoxicated nice. again. But no, I did remember that. And their programs were little black and white journals. So awesome. it, it was super, it was super fun. Really, really fun wedding. Nice. Yeah. There should be pictures soon. So everyone should look at those. And- there is one picture on our Facebook page. Oh yeah. That's. You po- you posted one. I did you must have been drunk one. when you did that. No, too. no, no. no. <laughs> I, for- I was not him. I just forgot about it. But no, it's, I know everyone says I look like I'm about five feet tall in that, but it's just that Casey and Blair are incredibly tall folks. We're going to have really tall spawn yes. and they're going to be amazing spawn. Spawn. Yes. Yeah. Spawn. Spawn. Well, that's, that's all I have. Word. Don't uh, you agree, bees? Stop saying that word. Spawn. Oh, yeah. He hates that Spawn. word. Um, he hates it. <laughs> so that's all I have, and it sounds like that's all everyone else has. So if yeah. you'd like to get in touch with us, please send us an email to we're not dead podcast at gmail.com or sign up on the forums, and we have a little section called We're Not Dead. Yep. And the forum is www.zombiepodcast.com slash forum. Yay! You can get a hold of at We're Alive uh, at tw- on Twitter at, at We're Alive without the apostrophe. We are WND Podcast. Britt is now. What are you now, Brittany? Oh, on Twitter. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I got a new uh, Twitter handle so you don't have to remember all those funky numbers. It's Blonde Nerd. That meant nerd. nothing. Blonde Nerd. So, yeah, that's me now. And I'm at Nick Voodoo. Yes. And Turbo, are you? Do you have any social channels? Uh, I am on Twitter. Uh, I just have my name. It's uh, John Benditz, B-E-N-D-I-T-Z. Right on. Yeah. All right. So for John, aka Turbo, for Nick, and for myself, thank you for listening to We're Not Dead, and we're out. Bye bye. Goodbye. See ya. Woo-hoo. Skittles. <laughs>